Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. Wherever you are, positively different radio in the morning. You are this morning with Lyle and Renee. Renee is back again. Super excited to have Renee here on The Breakfast Show this morning. What are you thankful for this morning? Oh, okay. I'm very thankful. Oh, Oh, no, I had a mind blank. Um, Can you go first? Okay, so let me go first. I am thankful for paint. Oh, painting Have I done paint- rooms? Yes, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we, we've finished all the painting in one room and it looks just absolutely amazing. Oh. And it's just, you know, paint is one of those things that just makes the world a better place. Yeah, I guess so. You know, I mean, whoever was it that invented paint, we will probably never know until eternity and somebody's going to put up, they're like, yeah, I invented the idea of paint. <laughs> but paint makes buildings nice, paint makes artwork, you can do – it. it Makes the color of your car. You can have. You can express your individuality through yeah. paint. Paint is just one of the most amazing inventions ever, and I'm so god glad that God created human beings who are creative and who come up with really cool things like paint. Imagine yeah. what the world would be like. Stop and think about this for a moment. Imagine for a moment what the world would be like if there was no paint. This is as Liam throws up. Pictures of graffiti in front of me. (laughs) Even some of that is well done. And while it's not my style, I can appreciate the work and the art that goes into uh, some of that kind of work that, you know, it's just amazing what people can do with a couple of spray cans. Mm -hmm. Most of it's pretty cheesy, but yeah. So this morning I'm thankful for paint. Okay, okay, all right. Paint all over the place. Uh, I mean, we are surrounded by paint all the time and it's just a good thing. I love it. Yeah. All right. So, um... Is your mind still blank on your thing? Your, your mind is still blank on your Oh, thing no. Thing. Mine is I love comedy. I'm grateful for comedy. Yes. Because <laughs> we're watching laughter Friends Laughter is the night. best medicine. Yes, yes, laughter is the best medicine. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. All right. So uh, what is happening in uh, positively different news this morning, Renee? Okay. So we have a charity. There's a charity called Safe Ground. Have you heard of them? Safe ground. No, I have not heard of safe ground. Well, basically, what they do is they help men in prisons become better fathers. Oh, this is a really good idea. Yeah, I absolutely love this. So, you know, as you know, building strong relationships with family and friends plays a crucial role in helping people like after their release, right? After they come out of prison and helping them rehabilitate back into society. It's important for them to build strong relationships with their family and their friends. But often when you go into, for many of these men who go into prison, they've broken a lot of their, their, um, their relationships with their family and their friends, their kids, their partners. And so that can be really hard on them. And so what this charity works to do is that helps them teach them how to rebuild these relationships so that they can go into society and they can thrive instead of just getting by and, and, you know, um, I got a story coming up in just a moment about a man who is in is who's going through that whole rehabilitation process at oh, the moment. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Look so at this that. Is, we, we got a theme happening here. <laughs> yes. Yes. So so Safe Ground has been around for about twenty five years, right? Um, and so they support men in prisons to develop and rebuild their personal relationships with their parents, their kids, um, and their their partners. Um, and so what Safe Ground does is that it runs a specific program called Fathers Inside, and so. Fathers 
Fathers Inside is a program that kind of uses drama and creative um, creative activities to help participants understand their role as parents. Um, so researchers found that participants of Fathers Inside, this program that Safe Ground runs, are 40% less likely to reoffend than the average Average that person. is a sensational success figure. Forty mm-hmm. yeah. percent—that is really, really significant. Yes, yeah. So it's really good. And what I love about this, and when it says drama, it's kind of like, kind of like role play, um, just stuff that will help them. And I, I'm a big fan of drama. So what I love is that drama is fun, but it's also a social space that improves your your listening and your speaking skills. Um, so it allows men to learn how to, I guess. Um, speak their mind, speak how they feel and learn how to listen to people as well. Um, not only that, it, you know, kind of, it helps them explore um, their relationships and what that looks like. And I guess for many men who haven't seen a good example of a parent relationship or relationship with their partner, they can learn to explore and kind of experiment in when they're participating in drama and like role playing. And and this is one of the things that you find with uh, people who are in the prison system often is that they have never been actually uh, mentored or it's never been, what normal life is for you and I, Mm. they have never seen. Yeah. It's never been, normal life has never been modelled to them. That's it. And uh, criminality and, um, and, and violence Mm. And just, you know, uh, aggressiveness is what has been modelled to them their entire life and they actually think that that's normal. Mm. And this is part of the reason why they just, you know, re-offend, 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 re-offend is because they're just living what what they that honestly, you know, inside of them is a normal life. Yeah. And so what you're dealing with here is the opportunity to say, okay, no, this is not normal, but here's something that is, let's... Practice it. Yeah. Let's practice living a a real normal life, mm. like the you know the average non criminal person does, and let's see what we can do. Exactly. So it's a really good place to model you know a behavior that will help them thrive in a, in society rather than just you know damage damage the relationships that they have in their life. Um, and so uh, there's a man called John. He's a father of three. He has two sons and one daughter. And he says, his daughter's name is Pearl. He says, being honest with Pearl has paid dividends, not just to our relationship, but to hers with my mum and her brothers too. So that, that um, reconciliation with his daughter has actually helped the whole family so him bettering himself really does like i just love this so much like fathers bettering themselves really does affect the whole family just as mothers do but like i just yeah i i really think that you know he's he's um being a good example to his sons who will then, you know, carry that on. And that's really cool. He, he speaks honestly about his relationships with his mother as a child and his view of masculinity, masculinity. And so he's had quite a warped view of what masculinity looks like, which has led him um, and made him make choices to, to lead him to where he was, which was in prison for a while. Um, and that was really hard for him to do, he shares. Um, he was on the project recently and he's really defer- determined not to be defined by his actions. He says that I put my life under a microscope and realized how much I have to change to have a positive impact. So, yeah, 
fantastic. Sir John, he's done yeah. really well. No, it's good to see people making changes in their lives and moving from, you know, that whole criminal kind of aggressive kind of mindset across to what we would see as normal behaviour. And, of course, you know, the one thing that, um, that really makes the full difference is when people have the opportunity to give their lives to Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that's really transforming right there. Yeah. Uh, and they get to see a life that is not just a normal life, but a Christ-like life. That's it. And I think it's really important, like, um, I think this is just amazing for society to help heal our society. You know, we often complain, like, oh, society is, you know, it's horrible now. But, like, for charities to go out and really work on on, on, on healing relationships, I, I just think that's amazing work. And, I yeah, I really, really admire that. So, Absolutely. Praise God. Yeah. Well what else is happening around the world? Well, real quickly, there is uh, just on completely other news. There is a firefighting robot. Have you heard of this? No. A firefighting robot, which came out in America, and it's just helped to put out a blaze in downtown Los Angeles. So right, right. So there's this. Um, so basically, it's a big, massive rope, three thousand five hundred. 3,500 pounds weighing, that's a lot. Ooh, that's a serious robot. <laughs> yes, and it carries water. Essentially, it just, um, yeah, it carries water to put out these fires and it gets to places where it's too dangerous for firefighters to get to. So basically saving firefighters' lives. 3,500 pounds, you wouldn't actually have a robot like that climbing stairs, though, I wouldn't think. No, no, I think it would be, you know... <laughs> Just drive through the basement of a building or just drive into a bushfire, yes, yes. like in the centre of a bushfire. And, of course, there's too much heat. There's too much – there's not enough oxygen. No human could survive there and just blast that fire into infinity. Yeah. Love this kind of technology. Yeah. Humans are amazing and God is amazing for making amazing humans. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. All right. So, we're ready for stories? Yes, I'm ready. So Bob Catter is a bit of a classic up there mm-hmm. in uh, North Queensland. Yes. Um, apparently he's always talking about crocodiles. <laughs> but uh, <coughs> that aside, he, just, he has just uh, put forward a law to the Queensland Parliament to protect people who use gendered language. Hey, okay. So I like this. You know, you know why I like this? Why? Because I use gendered language all the time, and it would be nice to be protected from that. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. Um, so words like he, she, man, woman, mankind, etc. Uh, you would be protected from any kind of uh, backlash for using that kind of language in Queensland. Did he kind of get ahead of the game? Like there was apparently there any- not. Oh. Apparently not. So apparently in Queensland at the moment, you're not supposed to use those kinds of words. What? And that's been around since like last year or something or other. Mm. Um, And the other reason that I like this is because, okay, to begin with, God invented gender. Mm. He created male and female. Female. Yeah. uh, Man and woman. And so in inventing gender, God invented gendered language. Mm -hmm. And so... Yeah, this is a, this is a, a, a biblical thing right here. But he, he made the point here. We're getting to the point where there are increasingly hostile and intolerant elements of society that demand everyday people bow down to their agendas under the guise of political correctness. Oh. And when I see this whole debate over you know gender and so forth, it it it. It's kind of interesting to me because you have we live in this world where people are always talking about science. Yes. You know, it's like, oh, you know, I, I believe in science, don't believe in religion. Okay, um, whatever that is supposed to mean. 
Now, you have what's called empirical science. Empirical science is what is observable, testable, and repeatable. Gender is observable science. So regardless of, regardless of what you identify as, because that's a, that's a different category altogether, but regardless of what you identify as, the simple reality is if you commit a crime, right, and the police forensic team comes in and they find your DNA, mm. they are going to look for, in your case, mm. a woman because you're Renee and you're a woman. Yeah. And so they'll be looking for someone who's, because they've found your DNA. Regardless of what you you identify as, that's simply the way it is. And regardless of what I identify as, they would be looking for a man. What would you say to people who argue like that's not how they feel though? They don't. They feel a certain gender. Sure, absolutely. And um, you know, Nebuchadnezzar probably is a good example of somebody who falls into that category. For seven years, he did not feel like he was a human, and the Bible calls that. Madness. Yeah, a, a mental illness. Okay. And so we need to be providing, we need to have compassion for people who are struggling with these kinds of issues. Okay. Lots of compassion. And we need to provide the treatment that they need mm. rather than just acceptance. Mm. You know, acceptance for somebody with cancer is not going to solve their problems. Mm. Acceptance with, for somebody with uh, depression is not going to solve their problems. What they need is treatment. And that's what we need to be looking at. And the tragedy of our society is, is that we're moving away from treatment to acceptance. And so that leaves people living in pain. And that's awful. Mm. Um, but, okay, so we've got this thing called science. Yes. And you've got people like, yeah, yeah, I believe in evolution because it's empirical science. Well, it's not. It's historical science. There is nothing testable, repeatable, um, and observable about evolution. So believe in evolution... But then when you find something that is testable, repeatable and observable, such as gender, it's like, oh, no, no, we don't believe in that. Mm. This is a kind of weird mixed that up world, isn't sense. it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if you go over to, um, and I think that, uh, I think this is actually a, a very, very good description of this. And, and I just want to be compassionate towards people who have, who, yeah. who feel differently in their minds this morning and you know, about how they are. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I just want to say, you know, if there, are, if there are things that are making you feel bad or depressed or, or, or whatever it might be, then give Lifeline a call or give us a call here. We can put you in touch with people that can um, talk you through in these, you know, these kinds of issues. We want to provide help for people. We don't want to just ignore people. Yeah. And acceptance and ignoring is two things that very much go hand in hand in our society and that's not a good thing. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so, um, and, and I, I guess there's two kinds of uh, acceptance as well. Accepting, that, uh, accepting a person as a person is different from accepting that a person doesn't need help, if, if that makes sense. Mm. You know, whoever you are and whatever, you know, you feel in your mind, you're welcome to come and Sit beside me and worship in my church and worship Jesus Christ. There's, I've, there's, you know, praise God. Yeah, that's a different issue, and we need to understand the difference between these kinds of issues because sometimes people just throw the whole thing into the one bucket, just together as you know, as like 
if, if, you, if you don't agree with the way I think, then you hate me. That's not the way the world is. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, Romans chapter 1, verse 21, the Bible says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was dark, and professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And this is what I see happening in our world. People profess to be wise. And like, oh, you know, we're wise. We, we follow the scientific method, but only when it suits us. You know, you get this, which is the scientific. Gender is scientific. No, we don't, we don't accept science there. Evolution is not scientific. Oh, we do accept science. You know, that's the, the backwards world in which we live. And it's a very much a, a clear indication that Jesus is coming back soon. However, I did say that I was going to talk about somebody who just got a, an award for bravery. So you remember last year there was a terrorist attack on a bridge in London. A man started to stab people with knives. He had two knives, one in each hand, started to stab people. And he was very, very quickly thwarted. Tragically, two people died. Um, he was thwarted by a man, and you remember the story when I say this, with a narwhal tusk. I mean, how random is that? Yeah. A narwhal tusk. <laughs> okay, so we've, you know, it's a little bit further down the, down, the, uh, <laughs> down, the, down the time now, so we've got a bit of more of an understanding. He was working in the uh, fishmonger's hall right beside it, saw it happening from an upstairs window. Oh. Rushed downstairs, and of course, this narwhal tusk was hanging on the wall. It was the nearest thing that he could find that was a suitable weapon. So he went after the guy with a narwhal tusk, and uh, and he and another guy, the two of them, were able to tackle this man. He was wearing a suicide vest that he was threatening to blow up in their faces. Oh my! Now it turned out that vest was fake, but they didn't know that until yeah. long after he had been subdued. Yes. So that takes a lot of guts. Yeah, that's your life. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah. these two guys, they tackle this guy down to the ground. They hold him for the uh, police to come because, you know, when seconds count, the police are only minutes away. Mm. Um, and he was later attacked the police and, uh, and, and the terrorist was shot, um, which was really sad. However, one of these guys that attacked him with a narble tusk was a criminal. Oh. He was serving 17 years for murder. And he was part of a rehabilitation program, and so he was just had just been out on day release that particular day. Oh! And so, as a reward for his bravery, because that's serious bravery. Yeah, yeah. They've knocked ten months off of his sentence. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yes, he got a. Let me just see if I can find it here. A royal something or other um, pardon, basically a royal pardon. Okay. I didn't know royal pardon still existed. But <laughs> Apparently he did, and I think that we should talk about people who are brave Mm. and who are prepared to not just be a bystander. Yes. Um, We saw the same thing in Australia when people took down the terrorist with the milk crate. (laughs) Yeah. So we need more milk crates and narwhal tusks in our world (laughs) and people who are prepared to jump in when necessary. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Uh, All right, so interview of the daytime. Uh, who should we interview today? Let me think. Mm. I don't have anybody here on the list. Ah, we have Renee in the studio. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> okay, so basically, Renee, you've been on radio for um, how many how many times now? Mm, maybe four or five. Four or five times. Yeah. Yep, fantastic. And we have just been enjoying that enormous, but we don't really know you that well. Mm-hmm. So we thought we might spend a little bit of time getting to know Renee. <laughs> so Renee, I want to hear about. Uh, I want we want to hear your story this morning, your journey of faith, mm-hmm. um, how you came to be serving God, 
And let's start with uh, let's start with your family. Yeah. Uh, did you grow up in a Christian home? I did. Yes, I grew up in a Christian home. It was my grandparents that um, who became uh, Seventh Day Adventists or Christians. Okay. Yes, and, and were, were the, were, was your family before your grandparents Christians as well? My family, which one? Oh, um, no, I don't think so, no. Okay. Yes. So missionaries came to the islands and they converted my grandparents on both sides. One grandparent in Tonga and the other grandparent in Samoa. So you're a, you're a, <laughs> is, is there much rivalry between, so, so you're half Tongan, half yes. Samoan. Yes. Um, is there much rivalry between Samoa and Tonga? <laughs> there was, especially back in the day. There is still some playful banter, but especially during uh, rugby. Rugby games, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> so rugby games is yeah. just all on, right? Abs- yeah, yeah. So does Tonga have their team and Samoa have their team <laughs> yes. and, they, and they compete with each other? Yes, they do. Um, and, and, and who do you back when I- that happens? <laughs> I back Tonga. Oh, okay. <laughs> because okay. They, know how to, they know how to throw a party. Like they, yeah. When there's a game, there are flags everywhere. People are beeping horns, like you're playing your music loud. It's a, it's a good time. They've, right. Yeah. The, now, 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 I do have to. Which is your is your is your mum or your dad? Tongan? Mum is Tongan. Mum is Tongan. Dad is Samoan. Okay, yeah. okay. So dad, dad'll be feeling a bit left out on this one. He's, yes, dad's so fun. My dad is really funny. He he um he likes to provoke us sometimes. <laughs> like when he's like, "Yeah, Samoa's got this," and we're like, "No, Tongan will win." <laughs> are there? Okay, so 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 in uh, in the rugby you support Tongan. Are there other areas in which you support Samoa? Um. Uh, well, this isn't sport. Yes. But I I love the traditional dances that we get to. Yeah, I get ah, to participate from, from Samoa. in. Samoa. They're just beautiful. Yeah. 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 Yep, there you go. Okay. So you've grown up in a Christian home. Like, is it? You know, because there's different kinds of growing up in a Christian home. Uh, were your parents? Would you describe them as being devout? Did you like have family worship and yeah. go to church each week and Absolutely. all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Dad definitely left led the home in that. In um, that's amazing. In waking us up early, I think seven o'clock in the morning to have family worship and fathomably early in the morning, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> now we're doing breakfast. Radio. Yeah. <laughs> As a kid, 7 a.m. was so early. I was like, what is this? And then in evenings, we'd have family worship and then at church, you know, we'd be heavily involved in church. Mum would get us involved. Um, you know, we would be part of, um, yeah, just part of church and, and, and serving and, you know, up the front, at the back, everywhere. It's one of the things I do love about uh, island culture is that for you guys, your Christianity is just a part of who you are, yeah. And this is what I see, you know, because I go to islander churches. You know, I, I go, I go to, to um, you know, to, to to local churches around here. And and you know, I was in Greater Sydney for a long time, which every church has islanders, and up yeah. here, not every church has islanders. Mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> and you know, you go to church and you do church, and by by after lunch, it's all over. Yeah, that doesn't really happen with islanders, eh? You no. guys do church all day. It's a full day. It's full day. It's just <laughs> epic. It's just the best. Yeah. And so much a part of uh, of of uh, yeah of, of, of who who you, you, you guys are. Yeah. Tell me, tell me this. Tell me this. Is there much? Is there anything that sort of creeps across? Because obviously the islands. You talked about the missionaries that went to the islands. Yes. And your great grandparents being uh, converted at some particular point. Mm. Uh, is there much that creeps across from the traditional religions? 
do you find into Christianity today? Because the traditional religions are basically gone. Would that be? That is true, yes. Yeah? So, so there's nobody in, say, Tonga or Samoa that still has the traditional religions? No. In fact, they've more merged. I guess they've kind of merged their culture from their religions into into um, Christianity. Or, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, yeah, but it's, yeah, not much, not much if... If I'm honest, I mean, unless you're talking about the traditional clothes that we wear, we wear that at church. That's sure. yep. that's what we wear. Um, and I guess the high, maybe that's part of the culture. Just the high, like pastors are quite up there on the social ladder. Um, they're kind of yeah, they're kind of like that was kind of like if we're going to talk about like the tribal kind of uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, culture that we have back in the islands with the elders and all that, that kind of translate now into the pastors and the elders of the church. Right. So, so the pastor is kind of like the equivalent of the, the chief. village chief? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're very, very important. Yeah, yeah. No, that's interesting. Yeah. And, okay, so you're growing up in a home, and that, and that sounds just amazing. Mm-hmm. i, I got to say, I take my hat off to your dad. Um, I have to meet him sometimes. Sounds like a really interesting guy <laughs> yeah. and a devout person, so praise God for that. Um, what about for yourself? You're being dragged out of bed at 7 o'clock every morning. <laughs> did, you, were you, did you always have a connection with Christ or was there some particular point where you made a decision like, you know what, I'm going to follow Jesus for mm. myself? Well, because I've had such a, a, a I'd say, really good um, experience in the church community because of how, how I've been grown, how I've been raised. I've always, I, I loved the picture of God that was presented to me. And it was a God that was very involved in my life and who was fun as well, but who, who, who loved me unconditionally, who wanted me to grow, who wanted me to be kind to other people. So I had a beautiful picture of God. And so I had this I've, I've had an interest in spiritual things at a young age and my dad definitely instilled that into me. Um, <laughs> I think it, I took my faith for myself, for my own, when I actually had a bit of struggle in my life, I think. And it was very, it was a very gradual process. Like I remember, honestly, my, my experience with God, I remember in, in year four or year five, I had some friendship problems, you know, as you do when you're a kid, you know, you, you get upset or you're very sensitive and you're learning how to interact with others. You make mistakes and that's okay. But I had some, some problems there and I remember I'd sit in my room and cry, but I would sing to God and that was my spirit spiritual, you know, that was my connection with God. That was my relationship with him at the time. Um, and obviously as I, as I continued in my life through the struggles, honestly, um, in my life and the good times I've experienced God being there and teaching me and speaking to me and connecting with me. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's been staying connected in that community. It was face, it was just doing life. Honestly, it was, I don't have a big, I wasn't traveling to Damascus and on my way, I <laughs> fell off my horse. I, I don't have a Paul sort to console, you know, conversion story, but I, I did, you know, as I traveled through life, God has been there. Um, and they have been amazing moments, but yeah, just overall. That's fantastic. And so you're talking about, what was it, year four or five at school? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> and, you know, that's, testimony to the uh, 414 window where and, and that's the window where people make that decision for God oh. when they grow up in a Christian home yeah. uh, in particular and that's the most that's the best time for a young person to make a decision for God and to be baptized and when did you make a decision to be baptized um uh, 2010 so 10 years ago when I was 13 nice yeah praise God mm. um <clears throat> 
So growing up as a uh, an islander with Tongan parents or Samoan parents, did you ever go to a Tongan church or a Samoan church or did you just kind of split it, the difference in between and go to a multicultural church? All three of that. Oh, you did all, all three. three. Okay, all okay. We moved around quite a lot. Am I allowed to ask which one was your favourite? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um which was my favourite. Oh, I, I honestly can't choose because they all had such great um, aspects to them. I loved the Samoan one because the youth was just so much fun to be a part of. Like when the youth, when Samoan youth plan something, they, they go 100%, like they give their all. Um, I've been part of Tongan youth. They've, they were also a lot of fun. We like to just hang out. <laughs> um, we like to hang out. I was actually part of youth that all of us were half Tongan, half Samoan. Oh, there you go. <laughs> because often when I go to a Samoan church, they're like, no, they'll just tease me. They're like, Renee, no, you're Tongan. And then I'll go to a Tongan church and they'll be like, no, 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 you're Samoan. And I'm like, where do I belong? Um, and I've been to a multicultural church and I love, I love, I love cultures. I just, so it was really cool. Now you're a second generation Australian, right? So yes. your parents immigrated to Australia. Yes. So you're second generation. Yeah. The second generation um, statistically is the generation that struggles the most to actually understand where they fit into society mm. and as such has the highest level of you know criminal behavior and that kind mm. of thing wow um, your struggle well in a fun way <laughs> you're like well I don't know whether I'm Samoan or Tongan or Australian yeah yep did you ever have a struggle in your mind with identifying, well, actually, who am I? Yes, absolutely. Okay, yeah. really? It's a real I, thing. Yeah, yeah. Ironically, I was born in Tonga, even though all my other siblings who were born in Australia. How many siblings? Five, uh, four, four. Four others. Yep. And I'm the second. And my sister, older than me, was born in Tonga. So, I mean, when people were like, what's your nationality? I was like, well, what do I say? And they're like, where were you born? I was like, in Tonga, but I've... I've been raised in Australia, yes. so I don't. Unfortunately, I don't speak either neither Tongan or Samoan, and that's yeah. I really can you understand it even a little bit of Tongan. Right. I, be, I do understand a little bit of Tongan. Um, so I think that's something I want to. I definitely want to get into. I just want to learn my culture. So oh, I do. Absolutely. I do get. Yeah, I absolutely have been confused. Um, I think recently I've been learning to appreciate my culture. Actually, where I've come from Absolutely. makes a big part about of who Renee is. Like I am, I'm big on community and family. I'm very much family orientated. Yes. So, I mean, that comes from how I was raised, and I think a big part of my culture is you know community. Um, so, which is something that is incredibly lacking in Australian culture. Yeah, we yeah. don't have that sense of. Uh, of community and of family. It's like, yeah, we've got family, but we're very individualistic. And very, very individualistic. Oh, just on that, just on that. <laughs> okay, okay. I just pressed the button. I pressed the button. Here it comes. Here it comes. Uh, um, Islanders are great on community. We're not so great on individualist being, well, I can't even say the Individu word. Individualism. On, yeah, on that, on that word. Yeah. <laughs> because we're just, our, I, our identity is so much on the family, like looking good for others So because it reflects on the family. Um. So, oh, that would bring some unique pressures and challenges that wouldn't necessarily be all good. Yeah. So, so when I first chose my career, I didn't really. Cho I chose nursing first. I didn't know what to choose. I I gave the paper to my mom, and they all were like, "Oh, just do nursing. It fits in with the family. You know, it's it's a fa it's a family trade." <laughs> um, and for me to kind of go off in another direction, they were like, "Huh, that's odd." But they really, I just love my family. They really. And so this me. is an expression of your Australian culture coming through now. Yes. And you've gone off and done your own thing. Yes. Yes. I think. 
also like a thing in a thing, you know, Islanders aren't, you know, our focus really wasn't really on like academics or anything that I guess Australian, like, I don't know how to say it. Um, we're not very like, we're not known to be smart people. And that really like, I, I was like, what? I, I have a brain. I, I, wouldn't, think I, w- I-, I wouldn't actually put it that way. Okay. I, would, I would put Islanders as being incredibly intelligent people. But not necessarily focused on academics. Yes. Okay. That yes. Because there's a difference between academics and smart. Okay. Yes. I like to make this difference because I have no academics. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, but that really, like you know, in that way, I kind of um, felt I was yeah, I was confused. But you know. Okay, we've got a little bit of time left. Yes. Tell us in these last little bit of time about your calling. My calling. Um. Ooh. Okay. Um. It was through a really rough patch in my life where I I, I went through, <laughs> to be candid, I went through a really hard, a really bad breakup and I asked God, God, where do you want me to go from next? And I was at my worst and um, it, personally I feel my, it was my worst and God said, like in that moment, God called me closer to him and said, come, you know, come into ministry. And I was like, what? No. But through... Um, serving in ministry for the last three years, God has constantly confirmed his calling for me. And it's not because of who I am. My calling isn't based on who Renee is. My calling is based on who God is and who he's called, like who he is. And he calls people like me to serve him and to, to just, yeah, to get involved in ministry. That's amazing. And of course, Renee, you're serving currently down at Mount Druitt Church. Yes. You've got a bit of a commute backwards and forwards between yes. Faith <laughs> FM and Mount Druitt. It's kind of too extreme. Uh, but there's a great church down there and I've preached in that church many times mm. and really, really enjoy it every time that I have. It's been a long time, but uh, a fantastic group of people. Uh, we need to finish up, but it's been good getting to know you, Renee, and yeah. hearing your story. Thank you, um, We re- really appreciate what you have to, to uh, share here on Faith FM Radio. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.